On with me now is someone who I uh, do find and see um, uh, to be very interesting as well. He is Joseph Curl, former Drudge Report editor, and he's now launching a new platform for conservatives. It will be called Conservative Aggregator. And I certainly want you to help me welcome uh, to the show for the first time, Joseph Curl. Thank you for being there, friend. I thank you so much for being on with us today. How are you? Well, Joseph, tell us about the new work that you're about to do, um, the conservative aggregator. Well, we launched it on Monday. It's at um, offthepress.com, like hot off the presses, just offthepress.com. And it's going to be aggregating basically the Internet. We've got uh, three really good editors, and we're going to essentially plug into the matrix every day, read the entire Internet, and bring you the very best stories that, uh, that are out there. And when we talk about the landscape, the American landscape that you often write about and observe, when we hear things coming from people like Fauci saying that uh, wearing a mask is not uh, an American uh, choice, not your choice, uh, give us your take on that type of statement. Where, where, where are we coming from with this type of thing? Talk to us. Well, the, the thing that I've been fascinated with is, you know, we all we all know the hypocrisy from the left. And one of the funniest things uh, in this whole situation is that the left will tell you, you know, for abortion, my body, my choice. And then for for those who, for whatever reason, don't want to get a vaccination, it's their body, their choice, but not not according to the Democrats. So, you know, it's they their their hypocrisy hypocrisy is showing. It's um, you know, it's fine for them to do it in some cases, but not for Americans to do it. So I think one of the most confusing things about this this virus and, and Fauci's ever-changing positions on it is, yes, number one, you know, we didn't know a lot about this virus, and so, you know, science is all about finding facts and and then changing ta- tactics and techniques of how to battle this thing. But it really does, you know, uh, there was a report last week where a CNN um, anchor, you know, basically just, just, just ask the question. It's like when you keep changing all the time, it becomes an issue of credibility. If we, if we don't know things, why are we doing certain things? Remember when this all first emerged, it was like, just wash your hands a lot and you'll be fine. Then they said, well, wait, it's airborne. It, it's not even on the surfaces. So wear a mask. And then Fauci went, you know, but, but again, Fauci had said before that, you don't need to wear a mask. Then they said, wear a mask. Then Fauci said, wear two masks. Then Biden said, now you don't need a mask again. Now we have, you know, millions and millions of people vaccinated and suddenly it's wear a mask again. So it just keeps, you know, maybe this is all, maybe this all makes sense in, in an evolving scientific way of, of yeah. a virus that we never knew anything about. But, but, but it does, it does bring up questions about, you know, who's running the show here and, and, and how much do they really know? It does indeed bring that question up. Now you've been covering news in America for over 30 years. So you would be uh, the prime candidate to ask this question too. Uh, Joseph, where did you begin to see the trend toward Americans losing their voice come about? At at what point along that 30-year period, perhaps before? Talk to us about where the, the, the we began to veer severely off course in this nation to get to this point. 
think it, I think it's been it's been very recently. I, I was talking with some journalist friends of mine the other day and talking about a real difference that, that's changed under under Trump. So really, just back to 2017 when he took office, the you know social media then began, and 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 lots of other mainstream media, but social media especially began to censor any other views, any other opposing views, even asking the question. Remember when? You know, COVID nineteen first emerged. It was you know, a question was, well, where the heck did it come from? And then, speculation was that it came from this Wuhan lab. And but then that was banned completely from from social media. You couldn't you couldn't even ask that question. Now it's it's funny that fifteen months later, we're we're not only asking that question, Biden's asking that question. The Republicans today came out on Capitol Hill and said. You know, all evidence points to it escaping either on either escaping accidentally or or deliberately being released from this lab. So, but here's the thing that that's 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 been really unusual in from from Trump's time on is that when the media gets squelched and censored, the media is you know has always been a kind of monolithic monolithic force. Left or right, we get each other's backs. When when a Republican president is censoring or limiting the liberal media, then the, the conservative media will come to their defense and vice versa. It used to be that, you know, we were all on this game. When, you're asking, when we're asking questions for the president, we're just the fourth estate trying to ask the most powerful man in the world some questions. But what's been really unusual this, in this last period is that when social media literally censored the right the left said absolutely nothing. They didn't complain. They didn't say, hey, you know, if you can do that to them, you can do that to us. And, and everything's cyclical, so it will all come around. But it's the first time I've seen in my career that no one came to the defense of their fellow journalists. And to me, that was really unusual. Going back 30 years when you first broke into doing all of this, uh, of course, the way that news was disseminated and spread throughout the land was much slower. Now that we have instant news cycles 24-7, has that made a positive or has that been a negative impact? I, I, I know that I can't do without my uh, supercomputer that I hold in my hand daily. Uh, it, what, has it been a part of, our weak, of the weakening of our nation, uh, talk to us from uh, a historical standpoint. Yeah, and it's, and it's fascinating what you just said. There is that um, the things we carry in our hands are more computing power than we went to the moon with, and the astronauts went to the moon with in 1969. So it is insane the, the ability that we have. But but what comes with with this incredible flow of things, this fire hose of news every day, is uh, an inability, or or at the very least, a difficulty in figuring out. What's important? Everyone's got this nonstop flow. It's you know, it's on TV, it's on network TV, it's on cable, it's on radio. It's you're getting inundated with you know newsletters and newspapers, and and then you've got your Facebook feed, which is just this you know bizarre mash of news that's coming across from you don't know where. So again, that's one of the things that OffThePress.com is going to try to do, which is you know we're going to vet these sources, we're going to vet these stories, we're going to make sure that they're factual. And also that they're asking questions. I mean, if we don't know the answer to the question, where did the virus come from, we got to be able to ask that question. We need, we, need, we need to tell people on Capitol Hill, hey, maybe you should look into this because we don't know the answer to this question. So, yeah, it's, it's been both, you know, it's, 
there's there's two things. There's more appetite for news now than there ever has been because again we have these devices in our hands and we're you know we're online eight ten hours a day looking at things. But but then the the the, the plethora the proliferation of fake news or questionable news or just the 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 onslaught of the liberal media pushing their 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 storyline nonstop. It's really hard for literally half of America, which which votes conservative, to find the news they're looking for, and that's again what off the press is going to have. Joseph Curl off the pl- presses off the press dot hot up. Talk to give us the website again, Joseph. I'm I'm messing it up. It's, uh, it's just it's just it's just off the press dot com. Off the press dot com. Off the press dot com. Go there and check him out. When you and I were coming along, uh, uh, Joseph ideas were uh, looked to be challenged. Debate was uh, stimulated because people uh, challenged and, and discussed, and that's the word there, discussed, had conversation about different ideas. Uh, is it really true? And, and, and maybe I'm asking a, a question that's just so glaringly obvious, but, but still we need to talk about it. Is it really true that there is an attack against conservative speak in this country? And tell us why they want to shield our young people from what you and I are talking about. Talk to us. Well, yeah, I think that I think there is a concerted effort. I think I think you know, in, in years past, and and again, when we were coming up, I mean, I remember my dad was in you know politics in, in some ways, and. And he, you know, he would talk about back in the '70s and '80s when I was growing up, the the congressmen who would who would argue all day on Capitol Hill and then go have a beer with each other. I mean, there were, there are literally two two very distinct ideologies that that Americans adhere to, left and right. And you know, in a lot of ways, they're they're equally valid. I mean, there are at least positions that people take, and you can you can argue. And, and we should argue about which is the best course of action to take. But what's turned out so weird in, the, in, in recent years is that it's become political. I mean, I'm sorry, it's become personal. If you're not, if you don't think like me, then you're a bad person. And if you don't think like me, you're an idiot. So, you know, there's, there's been a move on in recent years as well to, and I remember when this happened with, with the Associated Press, when I was covering the White House back in the, in the, in the mid-teens, 2000, um, there was an editor there who decided that the Associated Press was no longer going to cover both, source, both sides of a story as if it was equal. He decided that, you know, we're, we're going to decide what, what is right and wrong. So on just like an issue which was then being hotly debated, uh, like climate change, they literally decided that, no, 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 there's no more argument. There's no more, it might be happening, it might not be happening. Remember that climate change really happened in the 90s, but then, you know, through the early 2000s, the temperature actually went down, and there were all these questions about things. But the Associated Press decided, no, there's, there's, no, there's not two sides of the story. There's one side, and we'll present that one side, and we don't have to equally cover any other side. And... Lester Holt said that uh, actually just last just, just this year. Yeah, he said the very same thing. He said, "Hey, they're not they're not equal." And so when you have when you have news media and especially places like Facebook, I mean, I don't even know who these guys are who are deciding what's 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 real or what's not. You know, you had YouTube 
uh, knocked Sky News off in Australia yesterday by saying that, you know, they're presenting misinformation. Well, who, who's the guy on YouTube that can push the button and say, I am now the, the ruler of the world. I know all truth and all fact. It's, it's, it's right. crazy. But, but just the idea that you can't present both sides or that we can't have a serious dialogue between two opposing viewpoints, the left and the right, and how we do things, that's what's really changed. Now it's personal, and now, you know, one side, both sides demonize the other, and that's the real shame of, of it all. When we talk about fact-checking, and I'm, I'm really grateful that you are going to, to fact-check a lot of things that's coming out for us as conservatives to digest, but when we talk about liberal fact-checkers, I often have this image in my mind Joseph Curl is my guest. Uh, I often have this image in my mind of some kid in his mom's basement scouring our comments on the social media. And then he's the one who's deciding uh, as far as what thoughts should be policed. Are there thought police, not necessarily young people, but is it real? Is it real? Talk to it, Joseph Curl. Well, I'm sure. Excuse me. I'm sure that plenty of your listeners have have run into this before. I mean, you know, you, you can read a fact check, and throughout it, it's just full of, of erroneous facts, so-called facts that these guys have said. Well, you know, this this is the claim, but here's the reality, and it's like, well, that's not the reality. That's your claim about what the reality is. It's not a it's not a real it's not a fact. So you can look at these fact checks a lot of times. And realize, yeah, they're just they're just flimsily put together. Who knows by what kid in, in some basement somewhere, and and then they get tossed around. And here's what's crazy too, that maybe your listeners don't know about. That can circulate in a major way. There are fact checkers that that are involved with and connected to social media. Five or six of them for sure at, at, at Google and um, at Facebook. And so when they deem something to be not not full of facts, not to, to fail the fact test, they then flag those posts. And then that turns out to be, they just center them. Now they can't appear on social media. <clears throat> and what, and what will happen there is that then, you know, the, the news outlet that's, that's posting that story, that story disappears from there. And a lot of times, even worse than that, what they'll do is they'll turn around. They did this to the New York post when they wrote some stories about Hunter Biden and his, and his laptop. They just deemed those to be, not worthy of, of running, and they just literally cut them off the internet. The, 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 the New York Post, you know, like the, one of the top oldest newspapers in the country, suddenly could not run its stories. Of course, all that stuff turned out to be true, but but for that time period, they were in control of things, and that story could not be disseminated. So, yeah, that's that's really frightening when you think about what – Who's controlling things and, and how easy it is to control things? When these fact-checkers just deem something unworthy, it, it has this ripple effect across everything, where suddenly you can't see it, the agency can't post it, it, it disappears from the Internet, and and that's a heck of a lot of control for some kid, as you say, in a basement somewhere to have. Yeah, it is, it is incredibly powerful. Joseph Curl is my special guest, and I am going to... Uh, return. Joseph, I hope you can stay with me through the short break that's coming up here. I'm going to return with him because I not only want to talk to him about uh, uh, the, this fact-checking thing that's going on 
uh, against conservatives and, of course, the, the line, the red lining of conservatives that's going on. Just the other day, I had an uh, Instagram uh, post uh, tagged as uh, parts might be unfactual. Who, who are these people? That's what we want to know. But we also want to know uh, what legacy a man like uh, Joseph Curl uh, leaves behind and what would he want us to say about him uh, many, many years from now. Uh, when he hangs up his spurs and uh, he's looking off into the sunset. I'm going to return with him after these brief words, and um, he will continue. Michelle, I want to see if we can um, bring him in on a regular basis because I uh, really like uh, the conversation that we're having here with Joseph Curl. And uh, he has a worldview, and he has been able to... Um, write about it, and of course, see it um, himself off the press, off the press dot com, off the press dot com. Go there, check him out, and uh, be of service to yourself and your community. Uh, as far as knowing what's going on, knowledge is power. But if you have the wrong take on the knowledge, uh, then it can be a detriment. That's what we're seeing happening in our country right now. Uh, so many of the masses are getting their news so- news from sources that are nefarious. Ser- seriously, it's nefarious. I'm going to return with Joseph Curl, offthepress.com. When I return, I'm CL. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you for helping us, helping us build that bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on Red State, Red State Talk Radio. I am CL Bryant. This is CL Bryant Show coming at you daily, 12.05 in the East until 2 p.m. every day. And uh, Michelle and I have been coming at you now for seven years. Uh, and uh, we are certainly happy to celebrate this, our seventh year here in 2021. Wow. Wow, Michelle, we started doing this thing back in 2014. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I want to thank all of you for making the show as popular as it has become. On the number one talk platform in the nation is where we broadcast from, Red State Talk, Red State Talk Radio. And my special guest today uh, is Joseph Curl. On with me the first hour was Sam Sorbo. 
And uh, Sam and I were on tour just this last couple of weeks ago, and she is on fire wanting to make certain that uh, we understand that our children are being duped, swindled, and hoodwinked. All of that, that's what's happening. And uh, she's the wife of Hercules, uh, Kevin Sarbo, and of course, he's the star of God's Not Dead. But on with me now is uh, the star of OffThePress.com, OffThePress.com, Joseph Curl. And when we left, uh, he was telling us that, yes, there certainly is thought police, and we don't know who they are. We don't know where they are. But before we go to uh, the close of of, of the interview, uh, I just want to get your take on who is in charge, Joseph Curl, who is in charge. Obviously, it's not Joe Biden. Obviously, Kamala Harris doesn't have the capacity to be in charge either. So what's going on here, Joseph, from your perspective? (laughs) Well, I think it's the old, um, I think it's the old adage, the inmates are running into asylum. We don't really know who's running things. um, And I'm sure Biden's involved in things, but he's got a huge team of, of people. And, um, and you know, but my guess is maybe a little contrary to what you just said. I think, I think Kamala Harris, super ambitious. You know, she's got a big team of people. She's clearly getting ready to run in 2024. Biden had said that he likely would not run again. He's sort of backpedaled on that a little bit. But I think, you know, watching his behavior now at 78 to see him running for president again and taking the White House again at 83, that's probably not going to happen. So, and it's also the reason that Kamala Harris sort of immediately distanced herself from, from, from the border. I mean, Biden smartly said, Hey, go figure out the border. And she said, that's too politically fraught and peril. I don't want to do that. So she just kind of walked away from that and, and is trying to raise her profile in a bunch of other ways. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think there's an awful lot of, of, um, I think there's a big staff, you know, again, the Biden people, the Obama people, all the way back to the Clinton people, they're sort of like they all come crawling out of their rocks and and come back into the administration when one of them gets in. And and it's literally been those people, you know, all the way back to Bill Clinton. It's a lot of the same players that that just keep bobbing up to the surface. And and they're all they're all in place. I I think uh, I think they're all still running things, especially the former Obama people are, are big. In your estimation, is Nancy Pelosi being held hostage truly by uh, Ocasio-Cortez and the squad? Nancy is, I've met her on a couple of occasions, and she's a very savvy, uh, savvy politician. I mean, you know, she's the only Speaker of the House in in, in our history, uh, if I'm correct, uh, that's ever been voted out of the office, been kicked out of the office, then actually got it back. She's the only one. She's very savvy. And 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 it, how is it that she's allowed herself, including Mitch McConnell? Of course, never never had much faith in Mitch anyway. But but uh, but but just the same, <laughs> how uh, how is it possible that she has allowed herself to be taken captive by these upstarts? Talk to us. I think you know one of the things that that's interesting about about the Democratic Party is that, you know they talk about the old white people in the Republican Party, but you look at leadership in on the Democratic side and. You know, people like Patrick Leahy and Pelosi and and Steny Hoyer and, you know, all big, huge, powerful players, Bernie Sanders, um, they're they're all 80 plus. And and so, you know, there's this there's this mismatch, this disconnect between what 
Nancy Pelosi knows, and you're absolutely right. She's very powerful, very smart. You know, she she keeps her her people in line. Every every two years, there's a a rumor that that the Democrats are going to rise up against her and knock her out, and she gets everybody back in line, and she threatens everybody with, if you do this and you and you don't win, you know, you, you as the old saying goes, you need to make sure you kill the king or don't try to kill the king. So if you try to knock her out, she's going to punish you, and she keeps she keeps winning that way. But I think there's this big disconnect between. 80-year-old Nancy Pelosi and 30-something um, AOC. And, and, you know, AOC can, she just right away rose to the top, social media, she's, she's on everywhere. She's even on, like, video games, playing video games with young people. She's tapped into young people, and she's bringing in millions and millions of dollars. She's, she's again, her own force, not nearly as powerful as, as Pelosi, but she's driving that wing, that squad of progressives. And... You know, Biden had to pretty quickly toe the line there, too, not just Pelosi, but but Biden said, hey, look, these people have a big force. I mean, every every four years, both parties have to move, you know, the Republicans have to move right, the, the, the Democrats have to move left in order to win the internal race for, for the nomination. They, they, they can't really be in the middle, although sometimes a, a Mitt Romney will kind of pop through, but... Um, They'll, they'll move to their to their bases, and then they'll move back to the center. I think one of the things that happened this last time with Biden is he looked at it and said, I don't really need the progressive wing, but he got pushed there by Kamala Harris and others. So by the time you get as far left as Biden got, he couldn't get back to the middle. He couldn't suddenly just tack back to the middle. So he's, he's fallen into thinking that they are – representing America and and bringing a, a real political force. They're not. There's the squad is called the squad because there's only like four or five of them. But um but they're having they're having a real force and they're pushing Biden into into making some more liberal decisions that he probably would have made. And and I think that's gonna be something really interesting that off the press and and, and you guys and, and all of us are going to be watching as we go to twenty twenty two and especially twenty twenty four is how far left is the Democratic Party going to go? How much sway will the progressives have? I mean, they've already got the sway in in making, you know, all bathrooms transgender and, you know, transgender males are competing in, in girls' sports in high school. I mean, we're already moving that way in a lot of different ways, but how far will they go? How far will they, can they push this? That's Lord, what I think is going to be fascinating over these next couple of years. Lord help us all. I am really telling you. Uh, Joseph Curl off the press. Uh, Joseph, just uh, one one last question before I ask you uh, the, 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 this closing question. Rhino Republicans, as they have been labeled, uh, and Rhino, cons- well, so-called conservatives, Rhino Republicans, I'll, I'll stick with that. Uh, like Mitt Romney, you mentioned them, Liz Cheney, uh, you know who they are. Uh, let, uh, Collins, uh, let, let me ask you this do do the who do they fall in line behind? Can Trump corral them this time? Jeff Flake is going to be starting a lot of mess out there. There's no question about it. Uh, does Trump come back and and pull them into line? Does he uh, name a successor? Does he want to take this on himself for vindication? How are you seeing this shaking out? Well, I don't want to disappoint your your listeners, but um, having watched all this for as long as I have. 
I don't think there's any real way that, that, that Trump can run again in 2024. He can certainly announce that he's going to, but the party's not going to get behind him. The party, you know, the powers that be will not. And, and again, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars that have to be lined up in order for you to run. Now, you know, this has happened with, with many, many candidates. You know, Al Gore supposedly tied or maybe won the 2000 election, but 2004, he wasn't there. You know, John Kerry lost only by, by Ohio. We had to wait a day to even find out that race was so close we didn't know till the next day. And four years later, John Kerry doesn't come back. So, you know, that's that's a huge difference in that. And even Hillary Clinton in 2016, I mean, you know, she loses. She claims that there was all this stuff. She doesn't come back as a candidate. So you, you rarely come back, especially if you've been president, but even if you've been a nominee, you rarely come back and get to run again. I think I think Trump will will you know I, there definitely is a there definitely is a Trump wing now which we I think we all knew was kind of there a more conservative wing that that wanted a lot of things done like securing the border and cracking down on rate rising taxes and this you know endless spending that's going on right now under the Democrats but I don't see him coming back and and being you know the candidate in 2024 I do see him being a major force he just recently lost a um an election in which he uh, endorsed the candidate. His candidate didn't win. But I think in 2022, you know, we all just wrote stories in the last couple of days about him amassing a $100 million war chest. He's going to be picking out candidates that he likes that support his ideology, and he's going to throw a lot of money at them. So, you know, this idea that the Trump Republican ship or Trump Republicans are, are going to die and, and, and go away, that's not the case. Whether he's the nominee in 2024 or not, his, his his power is going to reverberate for at least the next decade. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, in 2024, we'll see somebody that resembles a lot more Donald Trump than, than, than he does, you know, John McCain or, or Mitt Romney. And, and I think, you know, the, yeah. the next four or eight years after that, I think we're going to see candidates that, that reflect a lot more of what, what Donald Trump has been talking about. So, I don't think he goes again in 2024. Again, he'd be 78, which is, the, you know, he, he mocked Biden for being old. and He'd be the same age as, as Biden then. And I can't imagine that he would love to do that again. No. But he is, you know, but he does have a massive ego. So maybe he's going to think like, hey, I can, I can knock this guy off. And we'll see. So we'll see. But I think he will be a kingmaker, and I think he will be play a big role in, in most of the upcoming elections. A little time left, uh, Joseph. Uh, one last question for you. Uh, legacy. Uh, when uh, it's all said and done, as I said many years from now, I, I trust that God grants you grace uh, to live long life. What would you want us to say about the work that you did? What would you want to leave behind as legacy? Well, you know, I've been thinking about that ever since you teased that going into the break. I, I, it's funny. I think we're about the same age. I, I don't think about that that often, but I, I think if I had to say that, I would simply say that the thing that I'm the thing that I'm most fascinated by is is the ability to ask questions. My you know my mom and dad brought me up to ask a lot of questions and 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 to point out things when they when they don't add up. And that's what I love about journalism. Is I like to you know let's add up what you've got to say. Let's add up all the facts and all of your statements and see if that holds water. So, <clears throat> but again, I just I just love the ability to ask the question. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time judging people on, I've got plenty of friends who are, you know, liberal and Democrats and plenty of friends that are libertarians and all across the board. And 
it's it's not personal. It's it's the ability to ask questions, and that's what you know you do in your job. It's what I do in journalism. We ask questions, and we get to answers, and then you know the the, the biggest part of that is we let people make up their own minds. They don't need to come and, and support everything I say, or we don't have to support everything they say. But we've got to be able to ask these questions, and if we can't do that we can't really move forward as a, as a society. We've got to have this free press and, and a constant yearning and search for knowledge, which is what's going to keep pushing us forward. Offthepress.com. That's Joseph Curl. Offthepress.com. Check it out. Check it out. Joseph, listen, man, continue to fight the good fight. We're going to have you back uh, real soon. I know that you'll fight the good fight, man, because you are fighting the good fight. God bless and God keep you. We'll talk to you real soon.